Welcome to our first Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by our new recruiting analyst at irishillustrated.com, Kevin Sinclair. This is a podcast that we want to do regularly. We've heard from you, whether it be Twitter, our message board, on Facebook, email. You want more recruiting, you want more podcasts. So this serves both. And so Kevin and I will be talking recruiting regularly. We want to have guests on the show, meaning recruits, maybe some analysts from the scout.com network, uh, and also take some questions from you, our readers as well. But being our first podcast and being Kevin's real first month here at Irish Illustrated, we figured we'd start with that, introducing our new recruiting analyst. So Kevin, in terms of getting into Notre Dame recruiting, uh, getting into Notre Dame at large, and your background being growing up in Canada, um, you know, that's interesting on top of that. Let's start with the Canada stuff and sort of your introduction to American football, because that's fairly interesting in terms of why you started following it and uh, even its connection to Notre Dame. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Vancouver Island in B.C. uh, in a town called Nanaimo. And uh, I grew up, I had an older brother who played football, and uh, I basically got into football sort of through what he had been doing. And uh, uh, in the high school game up here, we play uh, the American uh, college football game so we don't play the cfl game that you may see on tv um basically i uh, sort of started watching my brother on sundays and didn't really know what was going on out there so i started sort of watching college football and considering that notre dame's games were all televised on nbc i was sort of brought up you know kind of learning the game through watching notre dame in my early years um, then, you know, when I first started playing football, uh, I was, uh, I played quarterback. Um, one of my coaches, Larry Cooper was a big time kind of Notre Dame historian. And he used to kind of talk to me about Newt Rockney quite often. And I sort of learned about Notre Dame and, um, I always followed them very closely. Um, so basically I continued to play, you know, high school football and my head coach at my school, Rob Stevenson, he grew up in Michigan and a little bit in Montana. So he's a big time college football fan. And he talked to me a lot about college football in this, in, you know, in the States. And I just always followed college football and uh, Notre Dame was definitely the team. I always followed the closest. And uh, basically uh, we won the BC championship, which would basically be like your state championship when I was in a, when I was in a, uh, a senior. And then after that, I went on to play in a school out in Hamilton, Ontario, which is near Toronto, um, suffered a really bad back injury, which sort of ended my career, unfortunately. And uh, after that, I came back to my hometown John, and uh, coached at John Barsby, my high school. Uh, and I always got involved in camps, uh, clinics, uh, I guess, combines, a lot of uh, American recruiters and uh, you know, different college coaches come up to the combines up here and I'd always get involved in that. So you'd see, you know, coaches and scouts from UCLA, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, Washington State, all over the place, Rice, um, up here recruiting. And uh, basically, you know, my, my, you know, high school that I went to and, you know, games I still go to and I get involved in camps, uh, they play in the same division as Abbotsford where Chase Claypool went. And, uh, I got to see him play and completely dismantle my old high school uh, in the playoffs when he was a senior. So that was interesting for me to see. Um, so basically, I you know have helped out kind of 
mostly seniors here uh, around my area uh, kind of uh, make highlight film. Uh, I'm definitely a film junkie. And uh, that sort of is all kind of tied into what I'm doing now. Yeah, one thing that anyone who's read your stuff on Irish Illustrated, obviously on the, our front page, but definitely on our message board, knows that you really sort of love the the sleuth aspect of recruiting, about figuring out what's what, what you can trust, what you can't. This guy goes there, he got an offer from this, but that school took that guy. What What do you love about that aspect of recruiting? Yeah, that's big for me. So the whole kind of detective work about recruiting is really interesting to me. And, you know, I used to follow recruiting really closely when there wasn't really much content out there. So sort of the, the lemming days and, you know, whatever I could find in, in magazines. And then it became, you know, you know, there was a lot of information on the online, you know, when recruiting agencies came out and all of that around 07 and 08, when, you know, Golden Tate, Michael Floyd sort of came about. That's when the information was more available on the internet. And I, I started following a lot of that. And then of course, huddle sort of came along and you could watch whatever film you wanted. So I got really into breaking down film and checking out sort of position fits and learning about the, the demographic, the demographics that, you know, play a big part in, in recruiting, especially for Notre Dame and all the different aspects. Uh, it, Notre Dame is really interesting because they recruit nationwide, but of course they have academic restrictions and then, you know, certain areas uh, are more prone to pump out recruits to Notre Dame. And um, I sort of got really into all of that. I still, you know, watch film of any recruit that sort of pumps up on, uh, pops up on Notre Dame's radar. And it's all very interesting to me. And, and I guess now I'm doing it for a living and that's great. I couldn't be happier about it. <laughs> and in terms of, you know, the Notre Dame connections, you talked a little bit about sort of early on, they're on NBC, late Holtz era, was it was it just your coach who had some connections to Notre Dame? Was that Newt? Was it the you know Newt Rockney stories? Like what sort of got you? What piqued your interest about Notre Dame? Yeah, it was definitely you know my coach uh, Coach Cooper early on talking to me about Notre Dame and the fact that you know on Saturdays all their games were always televised, so I just sort of learned the game watching you know through the Holtz era and I really bought in and you know really was always interested in the tradition of Notre Dame and the story and the style that they played and um, you know there's obviously a lot of great quarterbacks have come through so yeah when you, you learn the game through watching one particular team you definitely you know grow an interest in them and and uh, have an understanding of what they're all about so Notre Dame's definitely a team I know the most about, and um, I find the the whole recruiting aspect of Notre Dame very interesting. Yeah, it's never uh, never a dull moment in this part of Notre Dame football. So, our, yeah. we're going to get into sort of Kevin's thoughts of Notre Dame's class, how it's put together, where it needs to go in segment two. We're also going to do sort of a regular feature called Five Guys, where we just pick out each of us five guys that are newsworthy to us that week, whether it be offers, visits, potential commitments, uh, maybe a guy sliding off the board because um, Notre Dame has a hundred offers out there. We've got 40, 50 guys on our master list. So we want to distill that down to something a little bit more digestible for our listeners. So we're going to get into all that segment two on Irish illustrated insider recruiting extra. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm your host, Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair, our new recruiting analyst. And before we get into sort of the nitty-gritty of Notre Dame's class and, and where things are going to go and who they're going to go there with, let's talk big picture. And Kevin, as you've sort of seen this class 
assemble from Bill Yurkovic all the way back a year ago to where they are today. Um, what are sort of your thoughts on, on the way this class has been put together as it maybe stacks up favorably or unfavorably to maybe some past Notre Dame classes? Yeah, I mean, I think Notre Dame's got to be really happy about their class right now. I mean, they've sort of hit a lot of different, um, you know, uh, key points. They've, they got the big quarterback, Marquis Step, and, you know, they've got two great receivers. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they've got, you know, the twins along the defensive line. So that gives them something really good to build around. Um, you know, Derek Allen is the best defensive back they've gotten in, in years, probably since Max Redfield. So that really helps them. They don't normally, um, you know, I wouldn't say they don't get them, but not very often do they get a kid from Georgia, you know, ranked that high. Um, you know, he's a really great player. Kalen Gervin is definitely, uh, from what I've seen, one of the best man cover corners in the country. Um, I think that he's his stock is going to rise big time. Um, you know, they got two great linebackers, you know, Ovia Gufo and, and uh, Matt Bauer. So right now the balance is really great. And I think that the most important thing in this class, I mean, they definitely have spots that are really important for them to hit, but right now I think getting that long kind of explosive pass rushing kind of versatile, uh, weak side defensive end is super, super important. And they've got, you know, Thomas Booker, Tyreek Smith, and guys like Cameron Lawtu, Ronnie Perkins, you know, some kids from Georgia, uh, Ojolari, stuff like that. Um, they need to land one of those kids to really, truly have a really impressive class because they just, they need to get that pass rushing weak side defensive end in a, in a bad way. And they also need to add, um, you know, some, some more stout guys, at least one more really solid uh, defensive tackle to their class. I know that they're definitely in it really well with Jimmy and Franklin and PJ Mustafer is there, uh, has Notre Dame in his top group. So yeah, the defensive line, they, they need to close out on some of those big names there. And then I think that this class is, you know, going to be really impressive in the end. Yeah. I think you mentioned sort of the balance of the class is really interesting to me because so often at this stage of the game, you're seeing, three offensive line commits and zero defensive line commits. Maybe you're seeing two safeties on board, but no corners or two tight ends and zero receivers. And the fact they've sort of got guys on every level of the offense and the defense and in to do it in a balanced way entering the summer, I think is, is very noteworthy. And then also the thing that has really struck me about this class is they've only go off profile a little bit. They don't go down to Georgia and recruit, areas outside of maybe Eagles Landing Christian Academy where Isaac Rochelle went or maybe some other private schools around Atlanta. They don't go to Cast Tech in Detroit and get anybody, uh, never mind a top 200 corner like Kalen Gervin. So those things are really important to me, but I mean, I'm certainly in agreement with the defensive end. And I think that the defensive tackle position is a, a spot of need, even after signing Probably three guys last year. If you're on Irish Illustrated, you probably saw Kevin's story today about the defensive tackle situation, talking about the targets that are out there, and then even comparing it a little bit to Alabama and understanding, okay, this is just this is the level they need to hit at, where you can't rely just on one guy every other year to carry the class. You got to do it consistently. So it's um, those are the biggest needs. I think we're in agreement there, and, and certainly I think the balance and the uh, the geography that they've hit have been some of the biggest positives. So spinning it forward a little bit, thinking small picture here, every podcast we're going to do a five guys segment. 
and for this one at least, we're each going to pick out our own five guys that are making news this week, maybe in the weeks to come. Um, certainly the guys that you need to know about right now because stuff may be changing or the board may be shifting around. So, Kevin, take us through your five guys, starting with number one. Yeah, so my first guy is definitely Jack Lamb. And I've been uh, kind of digging around with this uh, this situation quite a bit just to get a sort of my finger on the pulse of it. And um, the, first, the first thing that comes about with Jack Lamb is, you know, he's a linebacker. And if you look, we have, you know, Matt Bauer and Ovi Agufo. Now, I've talked to Ovi, and he's told me that, you know, he may be playing uh, the rover position, you know, definitely uh, in his, you know, in his first few years at Notre Dame. If you look at him, he's 209, and about a year ago, he was around the 203 to 206 range. He has a really lean frame. He's also shown that he's really good in coverage at the, you know, the opening regionals in Chicago and that. And he told me that staff has been talking to him about possibly playing the rover role. So if that were to happen, it would be even more important to find, you know, another linebacker who's going to be capable to come in and probably play early. And Jack Lamb, you know, they finally offered him. Um, you know, he's 6'4", 220, he's ranked. 119 with rank uh sort of a scout right now had a huge year uh, at great oak last year 117 tackles 18 tackles for loss four sacks and an interception he really excels in pass coverage now kind of traditionally he had been a mike linebacker but last year he started playing more outside linebacker some people think he's going to be more of a as you know almost almost a stand-up defensive end rushing the passer I personally think he's going to he would be a buck linebacker at Notre Dame but you know of course he's he's 6'4 and his frame is going to fill out and that we'll see what happens with him but you know I've talked to his dad I've talked to his coach um he went on a big trip uh during a spring break he went to Penn State where both his parents graduated uh he went to Washington Oregon Cal and Stanford now he doesn't have an offer from Stanford yet and from what I understand, Jack is a top, top student. So his grades aren't, um, you know, an, an issue with Stanford. Uh, I understand that that isn't, there isn't a holdup with, you know, their office that way. Um, so whether that offer comes about or not, we'll, we'll have to see. But I know that he definitely has interest in Notre Dame. He came back from his trip, kind of, his dad said they were almost more confused than before they left, um, you know, <laughs> considering that they really enjoyed every school. Um, he basically said that, you know, Notre Dame's uh, definitely in it. They're recruiting him. He said the school's recruiting him the hardest right now are UCLA, Oregon, Penn State, and Oklahoma, actually. So, yeah, basically, he, they're going to come and visit Notre Dame. They're going to head to South Bend about the third week of June. Now, whether he'll take part in the Irish invasion, I'm not sure about that right now. But he's definitely interested in Notre Dame. It was an offer he always wanted. And I think, you know, he's definitely a fit at Notre Dame. And he's going to be an early enrollee as well. So, that one's a good one to start having a look at. Um, we got uh, we got an interview with him right after he got his offer, so there's some stuff on Irish Illustrated with him. Um, and then the second one for me definitely is Shane Simon. Um, I think that he's definitely one of the top three defensive recruits for Notre Dame in terms of guys they really should get, um, they really want to get anyhow. You know, he's 6'3", 210. He he's just seems almost like a perfect rover candidate. Uh, he's, he plays a bit of outside linebacker and safety uh, at St. Peter's Prep. He used to be a quarterback, and he plays some receiver as well. I think he had almost 500 yards receiving last year. Um, 
he just has really good football IQ, and he's just a great football player. Obviously, the Demolola twins playing the same defense as him. Uh, you know, Brandon Wimbush, you know, from the same school. Brandon Wimbush obviously went to St. Peter's Prep as well, so Notre Dame has some really good connections with his school. He's visited. Uh, I spoke with him and his coach, uh, Shane Simon himself, told me that any of the schools that he's visited – are schools that are in it for him. So that's Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, and UCLA. He also told Brian Doan at uh, the New Jersey uh, opening that uh, Rutgers was also in it for him as well. Now, whether that's, you know, the case or not, um, we'll, we'll see. I don't personally think it is, but anyhow, this looks like a Notre Dame-Michigan battle. He says that he's looking at the other schools, but we'll see how that works out. Michigan... You know, his mother and his aunt both graduated there. And then obviously he has all those connections at Notre Dame that we spoke about. And he's a great fit, big academic kid. So I like Notre Dame's chances, but clearly there's some strong schools in the race for him there as well. Um, Ohio State um, does have, you know, higher ranked kids in safety other than him. Um, so whether he, you know, truly would be a take at Ohio State uh, is questionable. So. Uh, we'll see how that one shapes up. He's planning on narrowing his list down after the spring, he says, and then he's going to look at, you know, possibly committing before the end of the summer. That is kind of a wait and see with him. Now, um, number three on my list um, is Michael Dowell. And I, I mean, I've written an article about him recently. Now, um, the, the situation with Michael Dowell is that he really wants an offer from Notre Dame. Uh, if Notre Dame offers, he's just flat out said they'll be the top on on his list. Uh, he has twin brothers that go to Michigan State, so I think if he doesn't, Michigan State would be his leader. And the other two schools that are kind of hit him up quite a bit on the phone, and that is uh, Maryland and Pitt. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the situation at safety has changed a little bit because Javon Holland uh, yesterday uh, committed to Oregon. So that guy was, I think that they're, I don't know, I think they were recruiting him the hardest uh, in terms of all of the safeties. Um, now that he's off the board, they kind of have to, you know, they'll probably have to make some some changes into, in terms of their board. I don't know if Michael Dowell is going to get an offer. Now, he plays cornerback and safety. He told me he prefers to play corner, but he said Mike Elko is looking at him at the whip position, so that's the free safety position. So we'll see what happens with him. I think the likelihood of him getting an offer has gone up because of Javon Holland going to Oregon. But the situation there as well is, um, you know, there's Julius Irvin, and then there's also Isaiah Humphreys, who's a Penn State commit, who's also a safety. Those guys, too, could be recruited a little harder as a result of the Holland situation. We'll see how that all, all shakes out. So then now the, the fourth on my, on my list here is Kyler Gordon. Now, uh, I personally think he's a tremendous cornerback. Uh, he lives in uh, Everett, Washington, goes to Archbishop Murray. Um, I'm actually familiar with that school. I played in a seven on seven tournament against them once. And, uh, anyhow, he, uh, is going to take an official visit to Notre Dame. And the thing that sticks out with him on his huddle film, you'll see that he has a 3.81 GPA. I spoke with him uh, last week and he told me that, um, his, there's, there's a few members of his coaching staff and teachers at his school that are Notre Dame alum alumni. And they're, they're talking to him about Notre Dame quite a bit. And he's really interested Told me Brian Polian's on him big time. 
He also said Notre Dame is uh, recruiting him, you know, within the group of the schools recruiting him the hardest, uh, which includes Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Nebraska, and Utah. So that's kind of the situation with him. Uh, obviously, they need cornerbacks, and he's a good one. So we'll see what happens with him. He's a top 300 recruit scout. Um, and then the, the, the fifth guy on my board uh, is Darnell Jeffries. So, you know, the situation, he's a d- defensive tackle out of Georgia, four-star guy, 6'4", 275, 280. Um, now, the situation with him uh, is he basically has a lot of great offers from the SEC and ACC. Um, I talked to his, his assistant coach, uh, Joshua Skelton. He kind of deals with the recruiting um, at their school. He said that um, basically he's going to be, Darnell Jeffries is going to be making a top 10 soon. He said the four schools that are kind of coming, uh, coming up the most in discussion with Darnell in terms of which schools he's most interested in are Clemson, Georgia, South Carolina a little, and Notre Dame. Now, he's really interested in the academics at Notre Dame. And the reason I kind of dug around him is because of outside of P.J. Monstifer and Jameen Franklin, I didn't really see a lot of D-tackles that have shown interest. So I, I kind of got into you know talking with his coach to see where he was at and see if he had interest because he could be, um, you know, as you, we titled that article, he could be a, a dark horse candidate. So um, that's my five. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. My five it's, uh, I also started picked up where you left off in terms of defensive tackle tackle with uh, Jason Ademaloa. And I put him on the list just because he picked up a invite to the opening finals over the weekend when he competed at the regional in New Jersey. And i I've covered the opening and followed enough openings to know that Notre Dame just doesn't have a lot of defensive linemen who advance and are thought that highly of uh, that they make it that far. Notre Dame has a lot of targets, but very few commitments at the opening finals on the defensive line. So to have somebody out there, I think he might be the first defensive line commit to, to make the opening finals since Sheldon Day five years ago. That's pretty significant to me. And he obviously had a great day in New Jersey. If you've seen some of the clips you know what I'm talking about there. Number two, Derek Allen, another opening finalist, another spot where Notre Dame, they don't forget having opening finalists at safety. They have just struggled to recruit safeties anyway. Um, so to have somebody that high up the board who will be out there, he won defensive back MVP of the Adidas three strike camp over the weekend down in Georgia. Notre Dame, if you can get MVPs of camps out of Georgia, you're in a good spot right there. Uh, number four or number three for me is Kevin Austin, the wide receiver, four-star out of South Florida. Uh, make a decision this summer. Ke- uh, Kevin, you talked to him, actually, after he came out with his top four, and he gave you some detail on that. And I think you and I both like Notre Dame's position. He's also an opening finalist, um, so he will get a lot of exposure on the national level this summer. I don't think it would surprise either of us that his summer commitment turns into a commitment at the opening on ESPN. Um, but he's a guy that visited for the spring game, loved pretty much everything about his game, big, strong, fast, powerful. Uh, it's rare. You can usually find two of those three commitments. Uh, it's very difficult to find three out of three, but I think Austin does. Number four on my list is Chase Coda, another blue gold game visitor. I put him on there because I talked to his high school head coach extensively, who's actually, I believe, the uncle of um, former Duke basketball player and Kyle Singler. And he talked a little bit about, one, the coach used to work at Stanford, so sort of knows what that's all about. Uh, Thinks Coda has some toughness to his game, maybe not like your hardcore blocker, but said 
if you look at him and think surfer dude, because he's got the long hair and the hat, which you've seen on Irish Illustrated from the photos of the Blue Gold game, he's not just that UCLA, USC type kid um, that he thinks he'd be a good fit at Notre Dame out in the Midwest. Obviously, coming from Oregon, same state as Braden Lindsay. Um, there's a connection there as well. And then number five on my list, Marquis Sepp, because he got on the football field last weekend for the first time in about eight, nine months. Uh, had a really devastating hamstring injury to start his junior year, missed the entire season, and then came back uh, really just last weekend. Didn't get an invite to the opening finals as we record this, but just the fact that he's out there training again. He self-reported uh, electronic time in the 40-yard dash of, I believe, 4.49. You know, you got to round that up probably a, a tenth and a half. Um, you know, but if he's running in the four sixes at that size, I think he told you, Kevin, he's about 220 right now. That's a, that's a big dude who's moving. Uh, and as strange as it might sound that a top 200 recruit and a four-star running back might have something to prove, I do think Marquis Steph is a guy that's got a little bit to prove this season because he just hasn't been on the field a whole lot. So those are my five guys. Um, I guess before we wrap up the show, Kevin, I don't know, is there, is there any other nuts and bolts from today uh, or even last night that you think are really worth mentioning? Um, well, right now it just sort of seems like things have been a little bit on the slow side. And it, it just sort of seems like right now, um, you know, with Javon Holland, uh, committing to Oregon, they're going to have to sort of have a, another look at, you know, the back end of the defense yeah. in terms of their board and just have a look at how things are going to go for uh, going forward. But uh, right now there's just a lot of camps opening uh, stuff like that. Marquis step getting back on the field. So I think he's at a bit of an evaluation time right now. And the coaching staff's obviously all out there checking out on recruits. So um, more offers, you know, could come up. I know that they uh, offered a big time uh, Alabama recruit today uh, about Alabama quarterback. So I'm going to be having a look at him and getting in touch with uh, them. That was uh, Bo Nix and his dad's uh, Pat Nix who played uh, at Auburn. So I'm going to be trying to get in touch with them and kind of have a look at that. But there's some big time programs in the play for him. Yeah, I think that's probably will be a subject of our next recruiting uh, podcast is quarterbacks in the 2019 class because they've already been able to jump ahead because they have the commitment from Dracovic. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But our recruiting podcast, we're probably going to come back next week. We'd like to have a recruit on the show. Um, I think you guys will enjoy that, sort of getting to know a potential commitment this summer. Uh, and our regular Irish Illustrated Insider podcast with Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and myself, we'll record that Monday, May 8th. So you won't have to wait too long for your next podcast on irishillustrated.com. But if you like the show, please let us know. Post about it on the message board. Tweet at us. Give us a review on iTunes. We want to know if you like what we're doing so we can do it more. Maybe even you know in, increase the frequency of this podcast. If there's something you'd like to see or hear in this podcast that we haven't mentioned to, mention that too so we can improve the product that you'll enjoy. So until you hear from us next, I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair. And you will see the debut of our Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast.